0: Hey guys, welcome to the Google Podcast, and I've got a great episode lined up for you today. It's with Paul Williams, who is the founder of Chocamore, which is a chocolate company, one of my favourite things, and I think a lot of us can relate to that, can't he? Who doesn't like a nice piece of chocolate? Well, this stuff is absolutely outstanding, and I've been sampling it for a few years now. It's at a place which isn't too far from my home, so we go there. It's nice to go to some artisan maker. And to to sample this and to support them kind of practices, but he's just got an inspiring story, truly has got an inspiring story, which I won't share too much about it, but it just goes to show that, you know, no matter what happens in your life, whatever stage you're at, there's always an opportunity to go in a different direction and actually to use what can seem like um, bad things that happen to us can be the things that can you know steer us in other ways even though it can feel extremely unsettling uncertain but you know sometimes we just got to do them things and Paul is a living example and he's been doing it for the past eight years so let's get into to today's episode. <laughs> So where did it all begin? How did you start Ooh, making chocolate?
1: Right. Um, this sounds like I'm going to talk parrot fashion now, but I've got it because I do um, talks for the WI. But um, it started right. My background is commercial finance. Nothing to do with chocolate. Nothing to do with food or drink. Um, I had been in commercial finance for the best part of twenty years. Um, loved what I did and. Unfortunately, we went through something called the recession, and we eventually, after the bank had turned around and said, look, we don't want to be in this position anymore, lending money, um, can you repay your £25 million overdraft facility? You, know, you kind of know that the writing is on the wall. We got about a year out of it, and then on the 31st of December 2010, I was made redundant. At the same time, the guy who owned the business put it all into administration, so no redundancy. I hadn't been paid for two months either. Um 2011 um I sent out 1000 CVs and got zero jobs not a single one. Towards the end of 2011 I'm not in a very good place. I was in a really quite dark bleak place. And when you've been my last proper job before playing Willy Wonka um my last proper job was sales director of a specialist mortgage company based out of Manchester. 45 million pound turnover company, making 5 million pound profit a year. Brilliant business. So I've come from, you know, medium-sized business, know how to run a business as such. Um, I've, you know, family genes are all um, family businesses. And I started looking around and realised that it was, it was one Friday night in the pub, you know, those great moments when you're having a few drinks. And a friend, she turned around and said, I would love to have the Croston Cheese Company. Now, I live in a beautiful little village called Croston. Didn't want to make cheese, but what did I want to make? So it started off that I was looking at pate, um, fresh pate, which I used to make at Christmas time. And what is a very, very cheap product to buy uh, at the beginning becomes a very expensive product to get to marketplace by the time you have specialist refrigeration, environmental health issues, and it goes on and on and on. But then it's, it doesn't have a very long shelf life. So you're now looking at a product which is one cheap to uh, make, but now becomes very expensive if you have to throw lots and lots and lots of it away. Um, so I started looking around, went and had a look at a greasy spoon cafe locally in Adlington, and the guy was looking for 35,000 quid for that, and he was just like, "You're having a laugh." Are you? What are you? You know, he did let slip that he'd never taken a penny out of it in the year and a half he'd owned it. And you think, well, that's no good. And then had Christmas 2011, 2012, and I can actually pinpoint it roughly, uh, 7th of January, 2012 at two o'clock in the morning. Couldn't sleep downstairs on the iPad, reading the online newspaper, The Observer and came across an article about a gentleman who came up from i think it was wiltshire did a two-day course in manchester in chocolate and went home and set his own chocolate business up i thought i could do that right how do you make chocolate did 24 hours of research before i told anybody and what transpired from that 24 hours research is the higher end of chocolate had never ever been in recession on top of that it's a £5 billion industry just in the UK. So me coming from a finance background kind of thought, well, if I could take half of that, I'd be quite happy. Um, and then on top of that, 9 out of 10 people eat chocolate. So you kind of think, okay. And then started looking at what was a locally around us, and there was no decent chocolatiers around us. You know, there was possibly one in Manchester, maybe. And I think at the time there was one in uh, Ramsbottom uh, Chocolate Cafe, Run by Paul, and you start looking at it and think this is potentially a business here. So I told my wife, and first thing she didn't do was laugh. Told my mum, she absolutely wet herself, um, and that was it. I booked on a two-day course end of January 2012, and I've been hooked ever since. Cut me through the middle. I will happily bleed chocolate. I am passionate about what I do. Do I want to eat it? Not really. Do I enjoy what I do? Massively. So we set the business up. Um, we opened our first shop and at the same time the business on the 9th of... I think it was the 9th of March 2012. Uh, we opened a shop in Botany Bay on the M61. Uh, they had a sweepstake at the time saying that we wouldn't last more than six months. We were in there for just short of seven years. From that, we've moved in different kind of geysers from making chocolate at home and selling it botany bay then moving within botany bay to actually selling it within botany bay and making it so that you can bash people over the head you know you know my chocolate we don't do the norm yeah we do cinder toffee we used to do caramel fudge people understand that salt caramel now is understandable but when i started eight years ago nobody had even heard of salt caramel nobody would actually go anywhere near it but our biggest seller is orange jalfrezi orange and curry so We do know that our flavours are weird and wonderful Uh, and because of that on the back of each of our bags we put how to eat it. On our website we put on the how to eat it but me showing you and telling you via YouTube how how to eat it. So we started the business. My wife then eventually came into the business in um, I think July, August 2012, 2013 Um, when we opened up the chocolate rooms. Um, This was a cafe. We hadn't got a clue about how to run a cafe and we just took it from there But I think by doing that and not having an idea We went off. What would we like? What would we want? And I think throughout the whole of whatever we've done We've always looked at how can we make the customer experience better than it really is Um, And that's what we've always done. You know come into our shop. We'll always give you chocolate to try if you're unsure of what orange gel fraise tastes like, then fine. Ask. Try it. And that's how we've always worked. And by being able to bash people over the head and say, please try. It's a win-win situation for us. One, we know that the customer is going home with the chocolate they want to eat. But two, they've had an experience, which they will then tell their friends about how good the experience was, which then gets their friends to come into our shop. Which we then find out what they want and the cycle goes over and over. So as a business, we realise very, very, very early on that we need sales retention, we need customer retention. If we haven't got that, we haven't got a business. Without that business, we're not going forward. So we have to know first and foremost, does it taste bourbon? Yes, it does. And then since then, we've made it look pretty in the nice packaging. But unfortunately, we only eat with our eyes, not with our mouths. So if you look at a plate of food and it looks disgusting, you will not eat it. In the same respect, if your packaging isn't quite as good as it should be, people are slightly put off. But then you get the other side where your packaging looks too nice and people get put off because they think it's too expensive. And it's not. So there's various different things. But as a journey, it's been amazing. It's been unbelievable. We, when we first started off... Um, because I'd been unemployed or, yeah, unemployed for 13 months. I went to the unemployment agency and said, look, what can I get? Well, there's nothing. However, there is this initiative um, that if you do start your own business, will give you, I think it was 60, £66 pounds for the first 13 weeks and then a further £33 pounds for the next 12 weeks after that or 13 weeks after that. This was on the Friday. We were opening the shop the following Friday. Um, I went and had the interview for the, P- the for this um, initiative on this Monday morning at about 10 o'clock. And they said, look, the quickest anybody, it normally takes eight weeks to get onto this programme. And we said, well, we're opening our shop. Can't you do N- Uh No. So she said, have you got a, um, a full... Uh, business plan. I said, yep, there we go. So, uh, can you email a uh, business plan to me when you get back home? So, of course I can. So, emailed the business plan to her at uh, 12 o'clock on the Monday. We were accepted onto the programme at 10 o'clock on Wednesday morning. We're still to date the quickest uh, person to be put onto that programme. From that, we were put onto the DWP, uh, Department of Work and Pensions website. We have We've been mentioned in Parliament twice. Um, Our local MP was told by David Cameron, the then uh, Prime Minister, that he should come and see us, because it'd be good PR. So, we've always done well at what we do, but we always work on the basis of, is our chocolate cheap? No. Is it expensive? No. Is it value for money? Absolutely. Now, what I mean by that is, if you're going out for a local pub meal, and you spend 50 quid, 60 quid, 70 quid on a pub meal and it's garbage. But then you can go out for a Michelin star meal and spend 150, 200 pounds each. And you go, oh my God, that was amazing. But the Michelin star meal is value for money because you kind of go, this is just unbelievable. That was worth every single penny where the poor meal, even though it's cheaper at 50 to 70 quid, you kind of go, that was garbage. I could do better at home. I've wasted my money. Now, we always hope and pray that you're never going to buy our chocolate and feel that you've wasted your money. If we exceed the expectations, what you expect from chocolate, we've done our job. It then doesn't become expensive. But living in Lancashire, you have to be careful. You can't kind of go, okay, we're going to charge London prices at 7 or £8 a bar. Um, We will... Pay 350, we'll, we will look shortly at putting the prices up. We need to because of cost of everything else which is going up. But that's how we work.
0: I'm really interested, um, listening to that, obviously it's a, it's a really fascinating story, and it's nice to hear because you, you've told me little bits in the past, but to really get the understanding mm-hmm. of, you know, you've gone through some real hardship there, some, as you say, yeah. dark times, 13 months unemployed. But what's fascinating is that you had the idea at the beginning of January, and then within two months... Yeah
1: you well, were doing it I suppose the difference is uh, what happens with a lot of people who run businesses I'm kind of the other way around I didn't have a wage my wife had a decent job um she was still in um, textiles she was a sales manager in a textile company so she, we had more income coming on which makes a difference but most people who are trying to set up a business will try and do it on the side of while they're already being employed now I didn't have any issues I had no problems I was offered a job Um, After three months back in finance, um, and my wife turned around and said, Look, no, you said you'd give it, excuse me, you said you'd give it 12 months. If you don't give it the 12 months, you'll always kick yourself. What if? But it was also like therapy to me because you could see this business starting to grow. And for probably the first three months, it was literally banging your head off a brick wall. You know, people would walk past our little shop in Botany Bay and say, Oh, it's sweet. And you want to shout at them and swear at them and say, no, it's chocolate. And it's Belgian chocolate because when we started off we were Belgian chocolate whereas now we're all fully Colombian. Um, and that's a different thing with the chocolate because it's all about how the chocolate's grown, how it's processed and seeing the whole um, way it is and making sure that the, the circle is round and that everybody's getting looked after. Um, but the darkness was horrendous. Um, my golf game did get slightly better um and probably since i 've started, I have played twice, maybe three times in golf, and i 'm now coming up to eight years going um I just don 't have the chance I just don't have the time to do it um People see you know our business as being um a very good business being quite dynamic out there, but also I hate to say this, but it, because it sounds like I'm being big-headed, and I don't mean to do mean to be. We make it look easy, when in reality, it's hard, hard graft. When I first started off, you know, especially around Christmas time, that first year of 2012, I was doing probably 90, 95 hours a week, week in, week out. Um, I even sold my pride and joy, my racing bike. I had a beautiful red. Trek Madone, carbon fibre this and everything else, beautiful racing bike, which I sold and I bought my first machine, which was a little four and a half kilo tempering machine. Now, when we first set off, we were lucky in that respect that Jackie, my wife, uh, her mum lent us three and a half thousand pounds to get the business up and running. We borrowed that money on the basis that we'd pay her back within 36 months. We paid her back in six months. Since that date, we have never, ever borrowed a penny. Now we have three machines. We have Izzy, Gertrude and Doris, white milk and dark. Uh, Izzy is a 12 kilo fully automatic tempering machine. We have uh, Doris and who's dark chocolate and Gertrude who's milk. Uh, they're both 24 kilo machines. Those three machines is 50,000 quid.
0: I'm laughing out. At we at paid the
1: cash for. We don't, we work seriously, seriously hard. Yeah, but then we've also got Stanley. Stanley's our spinning machine who makes our Easter eggs. So it's, by, the one thing which we've learned is that within, in business, if you can get people to buy into your story and understand your story, they feel more part of you, part of the business. And... You know one of the, the lady who we talked to uh, when we got our uh, funding through from uh, the DWP the government um, she's still a very good friend of mine even now she'll come into our shop and it's not just hi how are you doing it's the biggest hug and kiss you can imagine um, because that's what people are to us now they're not just you're not just a number you're not just Somebody who's going to buy chocolate. We want you to come back. We want your family to come back. We want you to enjoy it. We want you to be part of our family, as you know, the Chocomore family. Um, And that's what it's all about. It's how do we make you feel comfortable with who we are and what we're doing? You know, the one thing which we've always been told is, how on earth do you get my personality out there and in front of people? Because once you get me talking, it's bloody hard to try and get me to shut up. I know. Yeah, I've got a list. I've got got a (laughs) list.
0: I've got a list of questions here, and to be honest, quick fire,
1: quick fire questions. To be honest, it, the
0: funny thing is, it always happens anyway when I do this, is that the questions naturally get answered without me even having yeah. to ask them. But yeah. the reason I've started to laugh a little bit for that because you were like, talking about your machines. It's like you're, you're talking about your children. Oh, absolutely! And in some ways, um, they very much. I love are. my daughter
1: Harriet. She lives down in Nottingham. She's doing an MA down there. But God, Ben, give me a shotgun, give me a piece of land and an alibi, and she's gone. I love it a bit, but. God and better, 23-year-old girls, nightmare. Um, but I love what I do. I am passionate about what I do. I, you know, If I've done a flavour which isn't good enough, it'll go in the bin. It doesn't even go out. And, you know, and I, My wife will sometimes will turn around and say, no, just sell it. It's, it's good enough. It's not good enough. It's not good enough for me. And me being the non-chocolate person, if I can get the chocolate right for me as a non-chocolate person, what's it going to do for the person who does like chocolate? Hence why, you know, orange, jalfrezi, salt, licorice, chili and lime. I and mean, don't worry, I have brought some chocolates with me for you to have a rustle through. Um, and have a have a tasting of. But it's, it's... I found a little plaque which we have in the back of our um, manufacturing facility. And it's very, very, very true. Sometimes on the way to a dream, you get lost and find a better one. And it's just... You understand that you kind of go yeah you're right we all strive to try and make it and then eventually you get into your 40s and you realize was it really worth it Um, we want the nice house we want this we want that you know and then we all start saying right we have to start saving for our um, retirement which at the age of 67 I'll be and probably 68 if it's still going if you're young enough (laughs) you know Um, but it's it's that whole thing of why work you yourself into the ground to get to retirement age to then live 12 years if that if that now unfortunately my mum and both my dad um died um just after they'd uh, retired i think my mum was about 67 68 um and um my dad was about 66. And you kind of think they've worked hard all their life to pay for a house, to keep a house, to raise those three boys and everything else, never to get the chance to actually smell the roses. And you kind of think, why on earth do you want to work till you get to your uh, retirement when in reality you've done too much damage to your body? Why not enjoy life now? And I think things are changing slightly in the world. I do honestly believe that people are now starting to really think about What do I want out of life? Now, we've done many kind of uh, uh, business awards and we've never won one for the business. We've won many for the chocolate, but never any for the business. And one of the questions which they always ask is, what's scalability? In other words, how big can you go? Well, to date, we've already turned down Aldi, uh, Co-op and Waitrose. Don't want it. And people go, but why? And the reason is very, very simple. I want a life I want to enjoy the journey I don't want to have the journey being or the path made for me I want to direct my own path and on top of that is being rich how much you have in your back pocket or is rich about what you've got around you you know my wife was unlucky enough to be diagnosed with cancer just under two years ago all okay now. Um, she had a double mastectomy and everything else, um, and is absolutely wonderful now. But it really makes you think about what do you want out of life, and it's about finding that balance of work, home life. Don't get me wrong. Do I want to be poor and unhappy? No, I'd rather be rich and unhappy. Um, but I want somewhere in the middle where I'm happy and I'm comfortable. Uncomfortable. I mean by that is I can go on one nice holiday a year, I can buy food and put it in the fridge, I can treat my wife to a meal out as and when I can, but I'm not saying weekly. This is what people forget. We're in a society now. I call it the um, kind of the Xbox society, the PlayStation society, where they want it all now. I want the best phone ever. Do you know what? I love my mobile phone. I hate my mobile phone. You know, I've been sat here now and up to now, I've had two phone calls up to now, but I'd rather throw it in the bin and go back to the old way. It's brilliant for a business where you can get hold of things, but because you're contactable 24 seven, anybody who's running their own business will realize that you're on Facebook, you're on Twitter or whatever it might be, and you're still, you know, doing calls or sending off an email at 10 o'clock at night. Come on, enough's enough. Whereas before, when we were at work, and I can remember going at work because I think I got my first mobile phone. I was working for a finance company up in uh, Stockton, and it was basically a brick with an antennae on it. And at the time, it was great because you could get contacted, and then you realised, all I'm ever getting done is being contacted where you're at now, what you're doing. And you forget to actually live life. And for me, if I could throw a mobile phone out the window, happily throw it out the window.
0: Yeah, I can relate to all that, especially when you're talking about you know, the idea of the time. And, and then when you, it's like as if it's this idea that in the future, when you're there, you'll be happy. And yeah. it's actually, you know, we have to be happy now, enjoy what we're Absolutely. doing now. You
1: know, you have people who will turn around and say, how about we take your business, grow it so you've got more money, so you can spend more time with your family? But I'm already spending more time with my family. Why do I need to go through 10 years of sheer hell, employ you know, 20 people, for me in 10 years time to go, oh, I can spend time with you again now. I'm already doing that. Why do I need any more? And I think everybody has this idea that you have to be a millionaire. No, you don't. Just try and be a better person. And enjoy life. And enjoy life.
0: Yeah.
1: And realise that, you know what, you look at what we do or what I do, everybody now has to do something with computers, when in reality what we're short of is joiners, bricklayers, surveyors, because people aren't going in, engineers, people aren't going into that because it's not a sexy industry. People now want to be on YouTube or wherever it is as an influencer. Oh, come on, get a proper job. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, there's definitely
0: that, isn't it? And then also on the flip side, you've got people who like want to be them craftsmen and the makers again. Whether it's yeah, your case absolutely. or it's making things with furniture or whatever, and yeah. there's definitely you can see it's a bit like the craft beer industry. And absolutely, you know, does that harken back to you know doing things on a yeah. on a local small level, but, feeling like you're doing it for your neighbors?
1: People go, well, don't you want to be worldwide? No, I don't.
0: So, what are you doing at the moment? The the thing
1: is, if I got every single person in Lancashire to walk through my door once a year and buy one bag of chocolate each, guess what? I couldn't cope. So, why on earth do I need to look further to find business? It's all on my doorstep. And if my business fails, it's not because it's a bad product because I haven't got out there and got people to understand who we are, where we are and what you can buy. So we're constantly striving to tell people and bash that drum of here we are, who we are, what we are, come and try our chocolate. And you'll see me on farmer's markets and everything else shouting and screaming and getting trying people to try and try our chocolate. But that's what it is. There's too many people who think that, oh, look, he's got it easy. He's got a nice job. I work still behind the scenes bloody hard to make it all work. In the same respect you do with your industry. It's about getting out there and teaching people who you are and what you are and what you were about and what you want from them. Yeah. Simple. Yeah. And it's, if we can make money on the, in the meantime, doing something which you love, guess what? You don't go to work ever. You turn up at a place of, which is called work, and you get to play every day doing your ideal job. No, there's too many. I think these are two-thirds of all people are looking for another job because they're not happy in the job they're in. Yeah. Why not just find a job which you want to do? It might not pay as much money, but by God, you'll be happier.
0: What's interesting is, listening. we're going right the way back. When, you know, talking about being made redundant, often people can, like in your case... If you weren't made redundant and you kept... I would never it, have changed. You would have carried on. So it's often that... But I, I was
1: lucky in the respect that I loved the job I did. So I was passionate about the finance industry. You know, so me, personally, I think I'm so blessed to actually have two careers, which i both adored, is amazing.
0: So it's almost like you've lived... It's like you got a new life. Oh, absolutely. Like you've gone... It completely changed tracks. Yeah. And headed down this way and find... Another calling because I don't want to say the calling because it's just another one, but it's great too that you you know to have that passion and excitement for both of
1: them. Oh wow! Yeah, I suppose for me I do miss the money from the uh, the finance side. You know that does make a big difference. But there again, you cut your cloth accordingly. You know you can't go on the super duper holidays. You can't go out drinking every single week. You can't buy the you know the best of everything. You have to cut your cloth. But on the yet. other
0: side of things, there's a lot more to show for it, for what you're doing now, in terms of how it makes you feel, oh, yeah. That you know, the passion that you're getting from yeah. it. You can see when we first went into the shop, and we'll talk a little bit about Cedar Farm at some point, you know, the shop's lovely, the chocolate looks great, the branding's nice, and then there's the, you can see through the shop mm. into where you make it all at the back. But that's
1: the story. Exactly. It's the story. You, if you don't see the story... You can't buy into the story so if i hadn't you know that wall when we moved into cedar farm we didn't have that wall and we paid three and a half grand to have that wall put in with a glass door which we never shut um but we have an area where you can actually watch uh watch us um we had a huge air conditioning unit put in which we needed because we're next door to a glass blows. you know what every, Chocolatier once next to them is a glassblower with a thousand and fifty thousand and sixty degree oven, perfect for a chocolatier. Um, but it's getting people to understand what we do, and that even now, people still turn around and say, Do you make it here? Yeah, we do. You know, Cedar Farm now produces between seven and eight tons of chocolate a year now, um, and we have a nice standard of living out of it.
0: So what does seven or eight tons equate to in terms of packets? Of ours,
1: 70 to 80,000 packets. 70, so a 100-gram bar, you're now looking at seven to eight, uh, 70 to 80,000, uh, 100-gram bars of chocolate. Oh. So in next terms, about the same weight as four average four to five average cars. And if I'm, <laughs> if I'm trying
0: to get my maths right, that's about two hundred fifty, three hundred thousand pounds worth of chocolate. Not quite. A, a, a Not year?
1: quite. Yeah. Um, we, we, no, up. we have a turnover. Um, quite simple. We do about uh, one thousand. Uh, sorry, 160000 quid a year. Um, that's about it. Yeah. But some you lose on, some you make on, and um, you know we don't all just make packets. We're probably doing about sixty. 60,000 packs of that a year, but then you've got Wellington boots, you've got cupcakes, um, and other bits and pieces, lollipops, which all kind of come into it. Um, We, yeah, we're not a huge business, but we're a nice business, but we're a very profitable business. You know, when we first started off, we had a very, very simple ethos, which was a third for the cost of the, cost of the chocolate and the packaging a third to overheads, and a third to profit. And that kind of worked well. And now we've got the extra one in there, which is VAT, so you're now down to quarters. Um, and that's probably about it. You know, we've always said one of the cheapest things to buy is chocolate. But we buy it at half a tonne at a time. So we'll buy half a tonne of milk, then half a tonne of dark. The white, we don't buy enough of that, so we don't buy that in the tonnage. Um, but it's What's it cost for a tonne of chocolate? a tonne about four and a half
0: thousand five thousand right and this is you get all from columbia
1: that comes direct from columbia and i've seen photos on the website if um, you going yeah. out there and yeah we did get which understand. was amazing so people are now kind of thinking five grand for a ton of chocolate that's only working out roughly 50 pence per 100 grams so you look at our bags it's three pound fifty a bag But then we have to put flavourings in there, we have to buy the packaging, all our packaging is sustainability, Um, so we've got biodegradable packaging, so you've got to source that correctly, you're then going to go and buy machines, but a lot of people kind of look at it and think, oh he's making a fortune, no we're not, we're making a good living, but we're not making a fortune.
0: Yeah, and that's why it's important to, you know, have these conversations, talk about stuff. Because often anyone can see from me look from me outside and think, mm. oh, they must be fine. Just because you've got your own business doesn't mean Oh, I'm a
1: multimillionaire. Everybody you know? looks at me, I've got my own business, I'm a multimillionaire. But to a certain extent, you'd be better off employing or employing people and selling people if that makes the right that sounds wrong. Sounds like I'm a slave trader now. Um, but If you can hire somebody for nine pounds an hour and rent them out um, for fifteen pounds an hour, it's a lot easier. Whereas we have to make a product, we have to pack a product, we have to do everything to it, we've got to make it look right, we you know of course you've got got, that all comes into it. So, you know, we've now taken it on ourselves that instead of people coming in and saying, Can I have a Uh, raffle prize or something like that we just turn around and say no we have a nominated charity which we nominate every single year Uh, this year we've done Derry and House again because they've been good Um, and any money which we do save or we can help them with we do with Derry and House because if not what you don't realize is people turn and say well I'm only looking for about a tenner yeah but if you get four of those a week that's now two thousand pounds a year you're giving away it soon starts adding up massively. Um, when we had the chocolate rooms, uh, which was a, a chocolate cafe and the chocolate, people were coming in all the time, and in the end we just turned around and said, you know what, we can't keep doing this, giving away £10 of chocolate here, or a you know, free coffee and a bacon butty, or whatever it would be, uh, because it's just getting too expensive, and that's why we went down that road.
0: Yeah. It's fascinating listening to it, because this is... Um it's fascinating for me, obviously, you know, with I'm my own company and when we come in, but it's just nice to sit down and speak with people about entrepreneurs, but that real passion oh, could, yeah. for, but for what you're doing.
1: I think if you haven't got the passion for your product, how on earth do you think anybody else is gonna actually buy into that passion? How on earth if you don't think you have the best product, how can you actually sell the product? I can put my hand on heart and say, you know, and people do ask me, who's my biggest competitor? And now I'm going to be totally and utterly big-headed and say, I don't have one. There's nobody out there as good as me. And that is big-headed and I understand that. And you know what? I'm proud to say that because that's how much I believe in my chocolate. And really,
0: you're competing against yourself just to, just to continue to Absolutely. get um,
1: you know every month uh, we do a new flavor um, just so I can keep on having fun because if not it can get a little bit stale when you're just churning out chocolate um, so we we do get times of the year like Easter now we're starting to spin eggs so we're making our own Easter eggs um, we'll do various different things um, and this year we've decided that we're not going to do all the big Easter events. We're going to stay at Cedar Farm. We're going to see how it pans out this year. Because the stress levels for me go through the roof. When you're trying to um, make, not only for the shop, but also for events. And these events don't come cheaply. Um, and you just kind of go, no, we're going to have a, an easier year. And let's make our life richer by doing slightly less. and possibly doing it better
0: yeah working smart isn't it
1: yeah and there's too many of us out there who don't work smart who kind of just
0: on the treadmill really just yeah. chasing after stuff and yeah. and you look like you're just attempting to keep up with everyone else as if they've got it sorted mm. when everyone else is just like following would i like crowd. a big
1: car yeah would i love a lovely big house yeah but guess what and i think who was it it was um apple it was the uh, Steve Jobs he turned around and said he might be one of the richest people in the world we said doesn't matter how much money I've got I can't get them to take the cancer away from me it doesn't matter whether I'm driving a 30,000 pound car a 3,000 pound car or a 300,000 pound car you still get to the destination the same way yeah and I think for me, you know, saying my daughter growing up, there's this whole issue that there have to be more. There has to be more. There has to be more. But why? Why does there have to be more? Why can't you just be happy with what you've got? Yeah, and enjoy what's around you, and basically smell, you know, the the flowers. Enjoy the walk, because guess what? They are free. And I'm kind of sounding like an old fart now. Um, the you know, we forget to see what is around us. I don't even think it's
0: an old fart mentality. I think what it is, it's more of like this Zen feeling. You know, just like being. There's always gonna be, no matter what being we do,
1: happy with who you are within your body.
0: There you go. But it's also there's always there's always gonna be someone who is got more money, is more intelligent, is is is, more, is better looking, has got all these things. Mm-hmm. So no matter where you are, you're, there's always gonna be someone to yeah. think. Is better than you yeah. so it seems to me it's like actually well, what what have we got that we can be grateful for yeah. right now I and remember, every one I remember of us there was a, a,
1: a picture uh, which I can remember seeing many many years ago and there's a guy in a Ferrari looking up at a helicopter thinking oh I wish I had the helicopter but then there's a guy in a Ford Escort looking at the guy who's got the Ferrari and going, oh, I'd love to have a Ferrari. And then the guy in the escort is being looked at a guy who is stood at a bus stop saying, I wish I had a car. So it doesn't matter, it's like you say, at which level in life you are, you're always aspiring to try and have more. But then the biggest problem is, and this is where a lot of people go wrong, is I want, I want, I want. They get it and then look back six months later and go, do you know what, I was better off six months previously. It's knowing when enough. When I have enough, do I have enough? But we always want a little bit more. You know, even with business now, what do I want? I want probably another thirty percent turnover. At which stage I'm happy? I don't need to go bigger. I don't need to because the problem is going bigger now. It's going to cost me twelve million quid. You know, people turn around and say, "Why on earth did you turn down Aldi?" I said, "Okay." think about this is me coming back to my finance roots which works perfectly in business so think about it this way aldi they have now what, 800 and something shops let's say for instance i got in with 100 of those and those 100 shops buy 100 bars of chocolate a week i'm now supplying ten thousand bars of chocolate a week on top of that they're not going to pay three pound fifty. would probably want to earn one seventy five, say, plus that. So they now owe me twenty thousand pounds a week. Now they're not going to pay me for three months. They now owe me quarter of a million pounds, and I haven't been paid yet. Yet I've had to employ three people, four people. I've had to buy quarter of a million pounds worth of um, machinery. Then I've had all the stock to pay for just to meet this one customer who at any time can turn around and say we don't want to deal with you anymore or we want it cheaper I've just crippled a wonderful business by wanting to be the next big Cadbury's or the Nestle or the Lint. leave it to them let them get on with it I want to be Paul Williams chocomore and and proud of what I do
0: and it's about keeping that ownership and that power for you know within yourself rather than feeling yeah. like because basically at that point you were then employed by Aldi yeah. Aldi's your boss yeah. to some extent rather at the moment you've got thousands of customers absolutely. who just come in and, and absolutely am like
1: my ship
0: you can do you, exactly you're, you're the captain of your ship yeah. rather than feeling like you become I remember there was a the book of it.
1: and I, I went through a divorce many 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 years ago Um, I'm on my second not divorce but second marriage Um, but I remember going through some horrible times as, in that as well, and I got a book by a lady called Susan Jeffers called "Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway," and it's a brilliant book, and it just makes you realise that when you go for an interview, not only are you, pardon my French, shitting bricks, but your interviewer is as well because they don't know what to expect, and if you go and understand that, that every time you meet somebody. They're in the same precarious type of feeling of anxiety as everybody else. You get on a lot easier. You start to relax a lot more. And it's finding that whole kind of... not Whether it's zen, whether or not I've got that aura, I do not know. But it's finding that contentment within yourself. There was another one um, which was about... It was ten things which you have to go through to get enlightenment. And it was a great book, and you, you will only pick it up at times when you actually need to read it. Um, and that helped massively, because it made you realize what you actually wanted out of life. But you had to work it out, what you wanted out of life for yourself as well. It's not Pillars of the Earth, it was something, I can't remember what it is anyway. But it was one of those self-help books, I've never been back to it, and it's been brilliant. But it's, it's finding that, that we're all energy, and this sounds a bit barking, we're all energy, you'll get some people who feed off your energy and there's other people who'll give you energy. If people are feeding off your energy, get rid of them. You don't need people like that making you feel down or anything else. You should always have people around you like-minded who are going to give you energy. It's simple. And we are all beings. We're all kind of connected some way or another and... Yeah, it sounds kind of slightly hippie-ish and everything else, but if you can make one person happy in a day, you've done your job that day. You don't have to make everybody happy. Unfortunately, I do. I sell chocolate, <laughs> but yeah, it's it is about treating mankind, fellow mankind, as nice people. You know, and if we can get to that, all the better.
0: Yeah, wise words.
1: My mum used to say, treat people how you would want to be trapped yourself. Yeah. And the the other one my grandfather used to have, who I never met, uh, but my grandfather used to say, you're better off five minutes late in this life than 40 years too early in the next. So you don't have to travel at 100 miles an hour in the car. You can still do it at 70. You just might be a couple of minutes slower. But you won't be meeting your maker, you know, 40 years early. That's it.
0: Yeah, you're pulling them all out tonight. Oh,
1: I'm trying. But it's... If you have the... You know, if I couldn't do a... You know, my Ten Commandments, then fine. If they're part and parcel of it...
0: Well, it is part and parcel, to be honest.
1: But if you're a good person inside, am I a Christian? No, I'm not. But I do have Christian values. I think if you can be nice to everybody, even if they've been nasty to you, you can turn the other cheek to a point. Um, But... why let people bother you and if you put that to the business that you're going to have some people who like orange gel frays and some people who don't some people are going to like salt caramel some people won't but that's the beauty of us as a, a race um, that we all like different things and that's what makes the world go around
0: it does indeed my mom, that's something my mum says to me you know, if we're all the same Life would be quite boring, but on your chocolate then and your flavours, because okay. that's what sort of—that's um, well, where we've gone.
1: You know. So, so this one's orange gel fraser. Are you ready for a bit of orange gel frazier? I am. Okay, I'm going to hand over a piece of orange gel frazier. If you can put that in your mouth now, the one thing which we've done with our chocolate, as you know, we put details on of how to eat it. So if you can give it a bit of a tune now, and you're going to start with intense chocolate orange, big chocolate orange, big chocolate orange. You're now starting to go into high notes of cardamom. Now, Ginger, I know you're nodding at me. Now, Ginger, you've now got a pinprick on the back of the throat. That's the start of the curry. While that's going on, you've now got sweet and salty coming down the side of your mouth. He's still nodding, don't worry. But now you've got chocolate orange at the front, curry at the back, sweet and salty down the right sides, and guess what? That's really wrong. However, it's really, really, really right. But that's what we do. How can you take a piece of milk chocolate and make it into this unbelievably wow sensation. But that's what we do.
0: It's amazing. I remember when, you, we, we, when we first did it, you must have done about five or six of us when we yeah. were shot with Ruth, and um, we were blown away. It's like, wow. So how do you, how do you, okay, I'm not giving you secrets away. How do you do that? How, how do you know that?
1: See, I can give secrets away. That doesn't bother me. Because the problem you've got, I can give you the secret, you've now got to catch me up. I'm constantly playing. So, with the likes of, say, the Orange Child Fraser, you've got two elements in there, really. Um, you've got an oil, which is the orange oil. So, you, when you're playing with our chocolate, our chocolate is hard chocolate. It's not soft-scented. So, you can play around with soft scents because you can use cream, butters. You can make a ganache. But then they don't last as long. So, something like a um, a bonbon, a truffle, will only last the best part of... Two weeks, three weeks. Whereas our chocolate, what's the sell-by date on that? 12th of March 2021. So we're over 12 months on that. But because of that, there's no water in it. You can't put water into our chocolate because it does something called seizing the chocolate. And this is about how do I put that flavour into the chocolate? Either as an oil, because when you look at chocolate, what is chocolate on a very simplistic scale? Chocolate is the suspension of solids in fat. When you call it like that, it sounds lovely. So you've got cocoa butter, your fat, your oil, and then you've got cocoa solids, cocoa uh, sorry, cocoa solids, sugar, and milk solids. That makes milk chocolate. That's all it is. If you want dark chocolate, simple, don't put in the milk solids. If you want white chocolate, don't put in the cocoa solids. That's all it is. So we've got a suspension of solids in fat, cocoa butter. But then putting in other things. So we can use oils, because they come in the the fat category. We can't use water. But then we can also use herbs and spices. They're all dried goods, so there's no water element. So as long as we keep our chocolate water-free, then two things. One, we can get all the flavours to work together. But two, we get longevity of chocolate. Because there's no water in there, you can get no bacterial growth. No bacterial growth means it can only just get old. It can't go off. I can't kill somebody with it. I can probably overdose them on chocolate, but that's about it. If it a ton to hit you on the head, it'll probably kill you, but that's about it. Our chocolate can't kill because there's no pathogens in it.
0: So it's like compared to going back when you're thinking about doing pate. Yeah. Completely different. Oh you know, God, I have kill
1: quite a few people with that. You know, salmonella and E. coli and everything else.
0: Um I think as well when I've, I have that now and I could you know as you absolute every single time you explain something that's that's the sensation that I was getting and that's yeah. the thing it's a it's a sensation and you because the chocolate's so good you don't have to like I'm not going to go through a full packet no you not and it's, I think when you have something like that there's so many things that we do in life unconsciously oh you you become Cook, mindful eat, you know and become you, a mindful you, eater it, you become focused, and you're like wow it brings into the moment, absolutely, and the enjoyment there. And I yeah, agree with you. It's well, yeah. It's, as you said, you know, you're Willy Wonka. Yeah, and, I have um, the number
1: plate, which is Wonka. <laughs> so it's how can and you know, hopefully, from this, you understand that I have got a passion for what I do and a loving for what I do. Um, and I just want to spread that happiness to everybody, and I want everybody to buy my chocolate. And it's not just about increasing sales. It's getting people to understand how good chocolate can be. It's like, you know, you've got uh, people who drink beer. If you give them a pint of, you know, say a John Smith's, which isn't a premium keg beer, and then give them um, an artisan kind of specialist beer where he's looked after it and he's nursed his hops and he's done this, the difference between the two is huge. But there seems to be a lot of beer nerds out there, but not as many chocolate nerds. Because from what, what when we when I oh, when I did my uh, 24 hours of finding out, um, 80% of all chocolate purchased is by women. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, apart from one week of the year, Valentine's week, when 80% is bought by men for their women. We've now got a common denominator. So when we do anything, we predominantly look at what females will eat because that's our biggest market. Why am I going to look at what men want when in reality they're only 20% of my customers? So when you're
0: getting creative thinking, you know what, I want to come up with a new recipe each month, is that in the back of your mind or are you just going off your intuition? Know, I'm just, and I'm just going off or... what
1: I've done, what I've seen. I have my phone next to me and um, I will pick up... Um, went out for meals ideas um, that'll go with this that'll go with that um, there's a when I came in and I was talking to you when you make me a cup of tea um, you have a, a a book there by James Wong and I got a chance to meet him last year and he said one of the tri- one of the flavors you need to try is something called Tasmanian Electric Daisy pepper and I got some two days ago, oh my. God, that doesn't have to take you. So I will do an electric daisy chocolate. When? I don't know. But it's that barking mad. You've got to do it. Because you know that it's going to work so well and it's going to do different things to what people are expecting. And this is what we're doing. We're trying to get people out of their comfort zone. So... We do arrange all our dark chocolates vegan, but then we'll do stuff which isn't vegan. Um, At Christmas we did one which our bar of the month was... um, Roasted... Let me get this right. It was roasted almond, bacon and rose oil. Wow. Yeah. Shouldn't work. Works perfectly. You know, another bar here which I've got in front of me called Twisted Latte is a white chocolate which is coffee, lemon and a hint of chilli. So is that what we're trying now? So with this one, this is white chocolate, but this is not normal white chocolate. This is what they call undeodorized white chocolate. So stick it in your mouth, give it a bit of a chew and you're going to start with coffee and lemon. You've got that lovely coffee and lemon. And anybody who loves coffee, and especially coffee cake, make it into a drizzle cake. Hang on two minutes. Five, four, three two one the chilli's now just starting to kick in at the back but it's just to say kind of basks the back of your throat it's going between lemon and coffee and chilli and sweetness it's just a, such a great flavour
0: what's really interesting is it's a beautiful flavour what's really interesting is how it goes in them phases mm. it's like as if you have to you work your way for stuff to, that's what I find, the alchemy almost really yeah, within it. but th-
1: that's what I've done, and you know, hence why I have the nickname Wonka, um, you do have to be careful sometimes how you say it, um, which I did get wrong previously once, never done it again, um, that was, I was in Botany Bay once, and uh, selling to a silvery haired lady, and I used to turn around and say from Banker to Wonka, now, anybody who's good at uh, English, turn your W and the B the wrong way around. Yeah. So, um, but it's playing. It's just literally. So, we've got Bar of the Month coming out on 1st of March. I don't know when this podcast is going out. Um, but, yeah, we've just done that this morning. So, I'll go back this afternoon and pack it. But I won't tell anybody. We don't tell anybody what Bar of the Month is until the 1st of the month. That's the way that we play. And it's, for us, as a business, it's great for uh, social media because it gets people involved. People want to know, what are you doing? What are you doing? What's your next new flavor? Tell me, tell me, tell me. No, so you,
0: So you'll put one of them out and then you'll do like a short one of it, and then if it's sort 24 of- 24 bars. 24 so bars. So we
1: do, um, at the shop we do 24 bars. We do an online subscription service, so you can either do it as a gift subscription for three months, or you can do it weekly. Sorry, monthly. Um, it's £10 a month. So if you do the gift subscription for three months, it's £30. Quid. Um, if you do it monthly, it just comes out of your bank account. £10 a month and you get two bars of chocolate delivered to your house on or around the first of each month. Um, and that's how we do it. Um, but you'll get a previous bar of chocolate plus whatever one of the new bars is. And then if the new one is successful...
0: Yeah, then it becomes We've had on the shop for two floor.
1: or three up to now, which have been so really successful. You've just eaten one of them we, Twisted Latte. Wow.
0: Well, uh, another one
1: was Brown Butter, um, which is just truly divine. Um, so at the minute, I think we're up to 29, 30 different flavours of chocolate. But we'll also, you know, when people turn around and say, Where else do you get the ideas from for chocolate? We watch what's going on in the uh, ice cream industry because they have weird and wacky flavours um we'll look at what people are doing with patisserie we will look at what's in vogue that year. so this year um they're saying that it's all to do with botanicals and herbs and things like that so we've been looking at stuff like that so we've already played around with one which was uh acorn and pine yeah
0: wow. yeah it's fascinating because i remember I think you said it's your, one of your favourites, and it was for me as when we came in, which is the olive one. Oh, the olive oil, yeah, that's and, now our biggest award winner. And you'd offer, I mean, when you think, when when I look at it and I read that, I think, no, I don't want that. Yeah. And then when you gave me a little taste, I was like, wow. I'm yeah. like, every time we will come in, mm-hmm. we'll you, you tend to do three bars for ten pounds, yeah. and that'll be one of the free guarantees.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, it's it's just one of those which, and that came about. We were in Bill Bauer, um and came across a shop. Uh, which did kind of normal Spanish stuff and there was an olive oil chocolate bar, it was about five quid, six quid, oh we'll buy that let's give it a whirl, and tried it and thought that's okay how can we make it better and in the same respect I've got another chocolate which is the last one this is I still think the best chocolate I make which is Chilean Lime now, Chilean lime has been around since oh my god! Put my glasses back on. I'll take my glasses off. Uh, about 2014, and I still think it's the chocolate which takes your gob on the best journey, and it really does. So, okay, I'm excited. It is got a bit of a kick, so put it in your mouth, suck but do not chew. So one, two, three, stick it in and suck don't chew. Now with this one you're going to start with old-fashioned chocolate limes. Do you remember the stripey ones you used to get when you were a kid? Those chocolate boiled sweets, and they've got the chocolate inside and the stripes on the outside. You've now... you nodding your head, you're remembering it. Um, so you've now got chocolate lime. Very shortly, Probably round about now, you're going into a smokiness in the middle of your tongue. This is smoked paprika with a hint of nutmeg. In 12 to 15 seconds the chilli will kick in, but not yet, because you've now got a sweetness coming down the side of your mouth. Now the sweetness is not sugar, that's pink Himalayan salt. The salt tempers bitterness and a sweetness. Now this is the weird bit. 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. The chilli's now starting to just warm up the back of your throat. Yeah, you're getting a little nod there and you've got a smile. But now think, you've got lime at the front, smokiness in the middle, chilli at the back, sweetness down the sides, and your brain can taste all four separately and at the same time. You've got all those four flavours? Yes. Now chew it. This is where it's going to go in a complete explosion in your gob and your toes are going to kind of curl very, very slightly. <laughs> <laughs> but this is what I do. <laughs> is this showmanship? Yes, it is. Is it also about how fantastic my chocolate is? Yes, it is. But that's from selling chocolate and doing chocolate and everything else to do with chocolate to make sure that every person is getting that wow factor. So everybody who walks through our door, whether or not it's the first time or the tenth time, I will still be as happy to see them on each occasion. I will still try and get them to find a new flavour that they want to try. Rather than just think, I'll stay with that bar, that bar and that bar. No, come out of your comfort zone. Try something else. Yeah, that was, you're right. I can see why <laughs> that's your favourite. That beer, yeah?
0: And even now, it's, it's, it's gone down the hatch and I'm still... Oh, you'll get the
1: heat. We've I'm still got still, lime and I'm sweetness tr- still and sugar. Still enjoying it. Yeah. Still got the- but that's what we do. How can we take that humble piece of chocolate and elevate it into some greatness and get people's perception of chocolate to change that one mouthful at a time?
0: One thing that I we got last time or previous times, we went tried some of your, your hot chocolate, at yeah. the bars, and because we I think I mentioned to you we used to go to a place in the northern quarter of Manchester called Bon. bon and yeah, yeah, yeah. They down th- from that, to that was them. that was going back. That was our favourite ever hot chocolate. I remember we went to Stockholm a few years ago, and Jamie Oliver recommended mm-hmm. to go to this place to get hot chocolate. It's the best one. We went in there, and we were like, this hasn't got nothing on Bon. bon. Yeah. It was amazing so and so we had and you were kind of yeah you were telling us about yours who came home made him and like wow this is this is on the bonbon level here eh? yeah. this is amazing yeah
1: now that came about because um we've moved so we moved from botany bay but we still had botany bay open um we employed a lady there for us um judith and we opened up the chocolate rooms in talton which was a full-on chocolate tea rooms we then employed a chef who'd had a Michelin star background and she was brilliant but needed time out from doing kind of proper chefy stuff and came and worked for us and did a proper chefy stuff but yeah, Monday, to, well, Tuesday to uh, Saturday um, through the day. And she got her life back, she got her family back, she got her kids back. And we used to turn around and said, we're not allowing you to make and grow uh, this business into being a monster. We want you to enjoy your family life as well, which is what it's all about, that. And because of that, we used to have the best hot chocolate. You know, even now, if you ever came to ours, I can make you hot chocolate with hot water and it will make your hair curl. I know it's already slightly curly, but it's that good. It is really that good. But it's simple. And this is the problem. Most people will take a big mug of well just a big mug and add milk to it. Now you've got about three hundred mil of milk in there. There's too much milk. You need small you want to make a hundred mil of milk, but you want to put probably something like twenty-five to thirty grams of chocolate into that hundred gram hundred mil of milk. That's all it is. People are making their hot chocolate too milky. So therefore you don't get the star of the show, which is the chocolate. Yeah. So from that, when we sold the chocolate rooms about three and a bit years ago um, and we've been in Cedar Farm just short four years now, um, we decided that we would do a hot chocolate bar. And that's all it is. So what is our hot chocolate bar? Hot chocolate. So it's milk chocolate, dark chocolate, cocoa powder, and a thickener, uh, which just helps thicken the the milk up, break off four bits of chocolate, heat some milk up, put the four bits of chocolate in, let it uh, uh, fully melt bring it back up to the heat and if you can, stick, blender. You've got the best hot chocolate ever. It is. It should be a chocolate or a hot chocolate which sticks to every single rib on the way down and the calories land on your house.
0: <laughs> there we go. Yeah. <laughs> it is. I can, I can definitely vouch for it being amazing. One thing I'd like to discuss is, so you mentioned Cedar Farm there. Yes. And we've been going for a few years and it's, anyone who's not been, um, I'll put a link to it, but there's, you know, it's surrounded by nature, surrounded by fields, lovely roving well, hills.
1: Like it says, it's a farm. It was a working farm. Yeah. Um, but one yeah. of the areas is called the pig barn. Why? Because they used to have a barn full of pigs there. And it was to do, as a farm, they were struggling when we went through the um, foot and mouth crisis. And they had to diversify. So um, the farmer's wife... With a friend opened up a coffee shop and then opened up a little gallery and then they built on from there. Um, The area which we're in, art, um, each and every single one has to be their own kind of artist uh, and manufacture something on site. So we've got a jewelers, we have glass blowers, apothecary oils, uh, clay house um, and it goes on and on and on. And we make chocolate from there. Now we live only eight minutes down the road from there, so it's always the perfect place. And somebody who's never been, it's it's one of those places which you want to tell everybody, but you don't want anybody really to find out. And the reason being is it's the best place if you're needing birthday presents because it's all slightly different. It's not high street, so um, you can always find something for a birthday there where nobody else is going to go. Where did you get that from? For me to know and you to find out, and. It is, it's just this wonderful place and there's now 25, 26 businesses on site. Um, all of our packaging, our outer packaging is all printed on site. Um, and it's it's a nice place to be. You know, you can bring the family along. There's a coffee shop, there's a cafe. Um, on your, I'm thinking as well... There's a little I, area out the back where you can go and do... Uh, go and see some of the animals. i tell you what I
0: love. It's, it doesn't look much from outside, but it's like we can go in, take the kids for, to read little stories. And yeah, you go in there, it's literally like it's just this magical little land which it's a you step den. into. Yeah. Which is beautiful. And of course, you've got all the animals and stuff. But I'm interested from your point of view how important it is for you to be surrounded by other entrepreneurs, other creatives, well, like, the, sort the, of feeding off each other.
1: It helps, but also it gives us a USP so we as a chocolate shop right i once went and did and it sounds like i'm name dropping now i'm not i went and did some filming for bbc two and there was a guy there um who had done a um a document for the then um government and it was saying about that our high street is dead get over it accept it move on because when you look at it you know the children of today growing up don't want to go shopping. Don't want to do any of this. When, why should I? When I can order online from ASOS or Boohoo or whoever it might be. I can have my groceries delivered by Waitrose um, or Tesco's or Morrison's. Um, what he turned around and said is if you want to make it on the high street, you now need to make the high street um, enjoyable. Make it into an experience. An experience. Unless you've got that experience, people won't keep coming back. Hence why the mar- the, the the normal market uh, place on the high street, is dying because it's not an experience anymore. Now, you come to see the farm, and it is an experience. You can go and, you know, feed the um, the chickens. You know, we've got chickens who. They do, thank God they don't come into ours, but they're going to next door to warm up because it's a glass blowing place. So they'll sit near the kiln and get warm. It's madness. We had a, um, a young goat last year who was just so reckless. It was frightening, you know, pushing kids out the trot out of their prams and sitting in the prams. <laughs> but this is part and parcel of what we have daily. And it's wonderful to go to work every day and have these people around you um, who are doing amazing things. You know, I can go into, say, the Apothecary Oils lady next door and go, God, it smells amazing in here. She says, I can't smell anything. That she'll come into ours and say, oh, the chocolate in here smells amazing. I can't smell anything in ours. So I can't smell chocolate anymore. Um, but it's, it is, it's wonderful to have that, those people to bounce off and just talk to and get their ideas and what are they doing and what's new in their industry and what's great for their industry. Because not all industries are the same, but... Sometimes our industry might be you know a year behind theirs. What are people looking for? What are people buying? What are you know, people want experiences. Do you really want to go shopping for two hours at Tesco's, you know, getting dragged around? Or would you rather spend half an hour on your, your tablet ordering what you want to order for it to turn up in two days time? But then I'll have the experience at the weekend where I can go to a farmer's market. I can go to a cedar farm. I can go to a specialist butcher's, and I can get what I need to kind of fulfil the rest of the order which I've had delivered. So it's now about experience time. You know, hence why we're going on holiday more and more. We want experiences. You know, the world is so small; it's frightening. You know, let's jump on a plane and go and see Paris. Let's go and see Berlin. Let's go and see. Turin or Milan or wherever it might be we don't just have to see it in a book or on a you know in an encyclopedia if you're old enough to remember what encyclopedias used to be you know I think the ones turned around on QI and said something like 50% of what we tell you now will be wrong in five years time insane that's madness so you buy an encyclopedia today it's out of date because what they now realise it's gone. It's not, you know, X equals Y, Y now equals Z. And it's, it's that whole thing.
0: Yeah, it's fascinating. It's really good chatting with you. Really good. And I'm trying to think is there anything else that I'd like to. <laughs> like yeah, to the problem cover?
1: is, I've is got a mouth which sometimes doesn't shut up. Um, I understand that. I accept that. Um, I go and do, you know, farmers markets, I'll do WI, whatever it might be, and stand up and talk about it. Why? Because it's easy. Because I'm passionate about what I do. And if you're passionate about what you do, I was once told that to be a professional and show that you have knowledge in front of somebody, you only need to have 10% more brains on what you're talking about than they do. So it's not much really. No, it's not. I could be... To come across as... Yeah, absolutely. An expert. As being an expert in that, you only need 10% extra.
0: Well, that extra 10%, which I'm sure you got well most, (laughs) but quite a few awards as well on the way, hasn't it? Yeah,
1: we're up to, what, 49 awards as of last year, uh, seven world awards. Uh, We were lucky enough to win two world awards. First one was in open competition. So to get to the world, you can't just enter the world awards. You have to win your local hit. So we won four at the British. So you win at the British and then you're invited to the world awards. Um, we entered the four and we came away with two which we were more than happy with Uh, we got a silver for Turkish charm which is Turkish delight Um, and then they were all retasted again and there was a special category this year which was a take it was the tasters tasters chocolate um, and we won an award within that by the alumni of chocolate tasters um, and we were the only UK company to be nominated going on to be the Subsequently, the only UK company to actually win one of these awards. So, are we really quite proud of our prestigious awards? Absolutely. Really, really proud.
0: I bet. It's quite an
1: achievement. I still I've got where I want to be here. I'll still keep doing them. And it's twofold. I love doing it. But it's also good for us for marketing reasons. So, it's back to making sure that your business is always in the, uh, the press. Hopefully, for good things. Um, and by winning awards we get good press coverage and that for me is cheaper than putting an advert in a newspaper you know we've done we've done podcasts we've done radio we've done tv we've done um you know really good publications and every little helps to get somebody who goes oh didn't know about them where is cedar farm never heard of cedar farm where's that
0: you should be getting a um of reduction on you, your monthly money. You? Yeah, the it, extra people the thing is, in, for me, yeah.
1: it's it's driving people to Cedar Farm so that they get an experience. Because then that one person, they might buy from me, they might not. But then they might tell their family, who then might come and buy from us. So it's about, you know, in uh, coming from a background doing finance. So, you know, you can call me um, business development. You know, at the end of the day, I'm a salesman whichever way you look at I'm a salesman and if you've got the best product you believe in it's easy to sell I think that's what I'm really taking
0: from this chat more than anything is that you can have the best idea best product best service in the world mm. or deliver it. but if you're not Out there telling people about it, promoting about it, how are they going to know? You need to connect the two. Absolutely. But you have to have both. It's just particularly the way we live now. Yeah. There's so many good things (coughs) appearing all over. Absolutely. So it's like you need to step up. Do you want to be
1: a big fish in a little pond or a little fish in a big pond or a big fish in a little pond, whichever way around it is. But we just do what we do and keep on shouting about it and telling people how good we are and hopefully it'll rub off and try out chocolate, and people go, yeah, you weren't wrong when you said it was really good chocolate. Well,
0: I'm also thinking about, I'd like your confidence to be rubbing off on me and other people that are listening to this. About. Yeah, but
1: it's—it's it's, that confidence comes from self-belief. Believing that I am the best in the world at making chocolate. Are there people who are better than me? Absolutely. But I don't think they can actually be as good as me at doing what I do. Because they don't do chocolate like I do chocolate. I'm not a truffle. I'm not just a kind of a bar of chocolate with a little bit of flavouring. And I take your mouth on an experience, and that's what it should be.
0: Exactly. Like, and for me, it's unique in that sense because I've never had that much of an experience no, in terms of, of having chocolate. But
1: you, you don't go for well. As, you probably get into Heston Blumenthal kind of range. He was. He did actually pop in my head. a little Yeah, bit you talking, kind of got yeah. that madness and. I'm I'm after a a machine at the minute, which I want to borrow because I can't afford to buy it, which is a specialist freeze dryer, but it's a mini freeze dryer, um, because I am going to do the um, Willy Wonka chocolate bar, the three-course meal. Amazing. We've already got two of the courses sorted out, but I need to do the middle course, which is uh, a chicken dinner. But I need to do it in such a way that I can get it to work. The, The thing is, am I trying to reinvent chocolate? No, I'm just trying to make the wheel a little bit rounder. That's all there it you is. go. There you
0: go. So obviously, you've been we've been talking very much about you and what you're doing. What other companies or you know, people are you admiring right now that you feel like are doing are doing good in the world? Because obviously, one thing. that no,
1: I. Well, I, I, one I of them the is the chocolate company which we buy from. Um, they've got a, a company or a an offshoot which is called the Chocolate Dream, and that's about looking after because it's Colombia, and as soon as you mention columbia everybody starts thinking about white powder um but there's a a major um chocolate uh growing country there which does amazing things but what they're trying to do is put things back into the the local community and give back uh, and that's what the chocolate dream is so they've taken on an area up in the north of uh Colombia which used to be ravaged by um the cocaine industry. Um uh, because I didn't realize when we were there that if you look at Colombia it has two different seas. Part of it is the Pacific and the other part is um oh um, not you know uh, the West Indies ocean that area there. Um and that's where all the boats used to come out to go and deliver the drugs out up into America and things like that. And in the middle you've got Panama. But they've taken an area called Neckercle and they've planted six hundred thousand trees. They've then had to go and build a dam to water these trees. And then they're looking after the community. So they've set up um a new um school for the area, but then the kids were having trouble getting to school, so they bought them bikes. But then it's a heavy rainfall area, but the bikes were getting uh just couldn't be used. So then they bought them donkeys, then the donkeys were getting malnutrition because they didn't know how to look after them. And it goes on and on. So for us, our chocolate is 100% sustainable, 100% eco-friendly, 100% ethical, 100% child labour-free. It's a brilliant chocolate. It tastes good. And as a company, yeah, we buy into that massively because it's, it's good for our business as well because people can see what we're trying to achieve. You know, our cardboard is all FSC uh, cardboard, or sustainably grown trees. Our inner packaging is biodegradable and will compost down in 21 days. we try trying our best to do what we can. But as for other companies, I've never been one to look up to people because I don't need to. If I can be half the man I think I can, then I don't need to look up at anybody else. i just got to be proud of who I am. Because the problem is, is when you start looking up to people, um, you start wishing that was you. How can I be this? How can I be that? I don't want to be anybody else. I'm me.
0: I see it two ways. I see to see other people. Like For instance, people listen to this and say, well, can be inspired about your journey. Like For instance, someone (coughs) who listens to this who's literally has been made redundant last week and they're thinking... Shit! What am I going to do? And it might be that part of the phase is to go through some of the dark phase, but it's realizing that no matter what situation you're in, that can be the it can be the making of you, not the end of you. Be humble about
1: be humble about what it is, and realize that what you thought you were might not be what you are or who you are. It's about actually going. What the hell? Give it a try. Because it fails, it doesn't mean you're a failure. You're a failure. If you actually don't try. Huge difference. You know, in America, they don't think you're actually trying hard enough until you've been bankrupt at least twice. But that's the way that they view it. You've been bankrupt, but you've learned from it. It's whether or not you learn from those mistakes. It's a
0: great lesson, isn't
1: it? Absolutely. But it's, you know, if it all fell apart tomorrow, would I start again? Yeah. But I'd know the pitfalls of what not to do and how not to do it. Um, eventually, I want to become a big enough pain in the ass to somebody that they want to buy me. That's my exit strategy for re- retirement and everything else. Um, but that's the finance man in me. It's be as good a person as you can be, and then do more.
0: You basically just answered the, the last question that I asked. Basically, I ask everyone, you know. Oh. Um, this podcast is all about doing good in the world what, what advice mm. would you give to others about doing good, Be but you've basically just
1: answered Be kind. it, you've answered it it's, I, know, I know it's a little bit of a cliche but there was that film uh, Pass It On, uh, which was with Hayley Osment or something, I've not seen um, it you need to see it, really good film and it's about if, if I do you a good deed don't you repay me, but you pass that good deed on to somebody else and then that person passes that good deed on to somebody else. And they do a good deed for you. And there's too much hatred in this world. Stop it. Just enjoy people for who they are. Not for what colour, race or ideology they have. Just accept who they are. Are they nice people to be around, yes or no? If no, don't be around them. It's There's no real kind of... Amazing, you know, strategy in life. You know, it's no dress rehearsal either. I know these are all the cliches you've heard before, but there is no dress rehearsal. Accept it. it. Just go out and enjoy it. And stop waiting for the what if. Because guess what? If you go what if, I would never have started a chocolate company. I wouldn't be sat here now. Because what if, you know why should I go and speak to this person about a podcast I haven't got time? Make time. Because you never know what comes from one thing to another thing. Exactly. And there is those links where if you open your life to the word yes, everything happens. Yeah, it does. I love that. Hmm? I do absolutely love that. Yeah.
0: I think often we can get into a bit of a rut sometimes. We become
1: negative. You know, I'm a great one at the minute. You know, we're coming out of the winter times. It's still peeing down as and when it wants to. But when Christmas time hits us, it's mental. And it is absolutely unbelievable. We're doing quarter of a tonne a week. Come January, and you kind of do a quarter of a tonne in the whole of the month uh, if you're lucky. But it gives you time to reflect. January tends to be an area of time when I play more and come up with new flavours. But also January's a time when I go into a little bit of a dark space because I've been working so hard and you've got to realise that there's those dark times within you at all times. And it's how do you come out the other side of it? And after going through that whole thing of, I've got two choices. Do I jump off an M61 bridge or do I go and make my own job? Then guess what? The bridge is not the easy one. Well, probably the bridge is the easy one. Actually getting off your backside and doing something about it is the hard one. It's you know, it's having the courage to fail. And make sure that if you are going to do something, make sure there's good people around you. You don't need negative people. Now if I'd told my mother first and she'd laughed, like she did, would I probably have gone into chocolate? Probably not. But because I had my wife, uh, who I absolutely adore and love, um, her, I think you should go for it. You love food. I think you'd be quite good at this. Let's have a look. Go and book yourself on this and go for it. By having that one person, that belief within yourself that you can do it, gives you that benefit to go out there and do it. So it's having that one person who does believe in you Because guess what, you'll set up your own business and there'll be a lot of people, friends out there, who just go, have you got any freebies? You don't go into Tesco's and say, oh, can I open that tin of beans to see what it tastes like? You don't go into Tesco's and say, I'm not trying, I won't buy before I try. But that's what we do. Every day we get up, we put our chef's uniform on and we go out there hoping to meet the next person who's going to buy our chocolate. And it's it's a great industry to be in it's a scary industry sometimes um, but you get to meet so many nice people I know that's a proper cliche I like my job because I get to meet new people every day but we get so many repeat customers coming so you get to see children growing up We've you know there's a couple of people we know, and, you know when we first saw them they were babes in arms now they're kind of Seven or eight years old, these kids, and growing up, and you're seeing them grow up, and you're seeing the parents kind of looking tired and tired. <laughs> um, but and on that, um, get off your arse and do it. Yeah, go and read that book, Susan Jeffers, Feel the Fear, and do it anyway. And guess what? Just do it. Jump out of an aeroplane. What's the worst you can do? You hit the ground.
0: On that thing, I know it's an analogy of jump out of an aeroplane, but I think sometimes doing them things, physical things like that you've never done before. Getting out of
1: your comfort zone. Go,
0: go jump off a bit of a mini cliff Absolutely. into the into the water, jump out of a plane, do a bit of rock climbing, something that, you know, oh, I didn't realise I could Makes do that. Makes you feel alive. Exactly. And that's what we're here to do, aren't yeah. we? To feel alive. If you and actually, to... me eating your chocolate has made me feel alive, but so there you go. Feel,
1: you know, going from from that, if you actually uh, walk down the road, it's probably more dangerous walking down on the pavement than it is rock climbing. It's those simple statistics. You have more chance of dying you know, on a car crash than you have falling off a rock first.
0: And also, a lot of us, a lot of people can tend to almost live the life as if they're never going to die. Yeah. It's inevitable for all of us, so Absolutely. we might as well have fun along the way. You know, I'd I, rather live
1: a full, rich life
0: where I, live young, where I don't live as long than mm-hmm. some, you know, long... Do um, I want to live to 100
1: one. years old where, unfortunately, somebody has to wipe my ass absolutely not (laughs) but it's true though you know I look at my blessed nana who died a couple of years ago who had uh, dementia and guess what she was a space monkey she was away with the parrots and absolutely sickening and sad Um, but she was 94 and everybody went oh what a good age yeah but for the last four or five years she didn't know anything that's not a way to live you might as well live your life to the full Enjoying it day in, day out, not just for one holiday a year. Just look out the window. Look at how amazing it is out there. And accept it.
0: I think on that note we'll um thank you. We'll call it call that day. Thanks a lot. (laughs) That's been really great chatting to you. Thank you. So there's today's episode wrapped up. If you are in the area near where I am in the northwest of England then get yourself over to Cedar Farm to sample some of this chocolate you can also buy it online it's definitely worth it just for the experience and to follow the guide on the back where how you can sample it as you would have listened to in the episode of, of what it is and it truly is a, a taste sensation Um I don't want to big it up any more than that but yeah I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode if you did please share it with a friend I'd really appreciate that if you listen to it on Apple Podcasts please leave me a review and that would be amazing and also just to say anyone who has been supporting me on my Patreon page I really appreciate that and that is going to stay open and enable people to become members of that and to help support this podcast so I continue to put these out for years to come so yeah if you fancy supporting me then please you know check out that link and becoming a member so anyway guys until next time have a good one.